today is a day of good news, right? That was great to hear about Tim, and, and thanks for your applause for that. I'm sure I know that was, was meaningful, and uh, it's exciting. We've been excited to share this news, and uh, that's what good news is, right? You have something that you want to share, and you can't wait to get it out. Well, Christmas is also a time of good news, isn't it? We're excited for this time of year. We're excited to celebrate Christmas with you. We have decorated, right? We have uh, the Christmas songs going. Uh, you know, it's coldish weather, you know, sort of, a little bit. Uh, but we're excited to share this with you. I'm wondering, are you ready for Christmas? You guys ready? You got three weeks, three weeks from today. So uh, how many of you have decorated the house? Okay, there's a few of you. A few of you still, it's some, you got some time. Uh, how many of you have been listening to Christmas music? You know, it's on the radio now, on certain stations, just playing. Maybe you have your own uh, playlist. You got that? Um, done shopping? Anybody done shopping? Like, oh, like, yeah, four people. All right, we got some work. But don't worry, you got time. But this is it's an exciting time, right? And I'm excited for this. We are going to be sharing the Christmas story today and over the next three weeks We'll be sharing the story of Christ's birth. Now, this is, it's not new news to you, right? So many of you, you have heard the Christmas story. You know the Christmas story. I think I could probably call on anyone out here and you could probably tell us the story, right? The story that starts with the Virgin Mary, with Mary and Joseph, and then go on the donkey down to Bethlehem. But there's what? No room in the inn, so they're forced to stay in a manger where she gives birth, or in stable, she gives birth, and Jesus placed in the manger. And then the good news comes out. The angels show up to the shepherds, right? Show up to the shepherds. Okay, if you weren't ready for that, pay attention today. We'll get you hooked up. It's been a year, I get it. Um, the shepherds, right? And they appear to the shepherds, and then the shepherds go to the manger and give, you know, praise. And then the magi come and give their gifts, right? You guys know the story, most of you know <laughs> pretty well, right? Um, there's a lot, not a lot new with that. And so here's the challenge for pastors on, on Christmas and on Easter. It's like, how do we take the story that everybody knows and, and bring it to life? How do we take this story and fill you with, like, wonder, right? With anticipation for Christmas Day. You can't wait because of what it means with the birth of Christ. Like, how do we do that? That's always the challenge. But we're up for it. And I'm gonna, we're going to try to do that. Today we start Advent Sunday. Advent just means the arrival of a notable person or thing or event. And so, Advent, we are, we're waiting for the arrival of Christmas, which is the arrival not a Santa Claus. Right? It's the arrival of Jesus, where he comes, and he comes here to earth to live here as a man. And so that's what we're looking forward to, the arrival, this notable event, the birth of Jesus Christ. Our sermon series for this Advent is called Behold. Behold, and it comes from John, Luke. Uh, we've been so long in John. I kind of say that. But yeah, Luke chapter 2, switching gospels. In Luke chapter 2, verses 10 and 11, those are the verses we're going to be in today in the next three weeks. That's where our whole sermon series will come from. 
And it's this, it's when the shepherds are out in the field and the angel says to them, fear not, for behold, behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all people. For unto you born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. That's going to be our passage for the next few weeks, but it begins with this, this word, behold, right? And that the word to the shepherds, the word to us is, is good, just to sit with that for a minute. The word behold means just to, to stop and look here. Give your attention to something else. Look up here. Take your eyes off your phones. Take your mind off of other things. And behold. I have a friend. We make fun of him because years ago he, he had this phrase that he would say. It says, looky, looky here. <laughs> looky, looky here. I mean, this is a grown man that would say this. So we still make fun of him today. But it's that kind of a, a concept. Like, looky, looky here. Stop with what you're doing and Behold. Behold, because there's good news. Today I want us to take this the next few minutes, the next 30 minutes or so, to look at what this good news is. Christmas is a time of good news. That's what the angel told the shepherds, and that's what we want to stop and look at today. Christmas being good news. Now, is it good news? If someone were to ask you later on today or tomorrow, Saying, well, what's so good about Christmas? Is Christmas really good news? What would you say? What would you respond? Well, Christmas is good news because you get presents. No. All right? Christmas is good news because all family comes together and spends a whole afternoon in your house. <laughs> yeah, that's good, but not always good news, but depending on the family. But um, it's good news because once in the year, people stop thinking about themselves and think of others. I mean, all those are fine, right? But that's not the good news. The good news comes through the birth of Jesus Christ. He's the Savior. But is that good news? Now, if you talk to some people in culture, all right, maybe some people that you work with, some people would argue that that is not good news. There's been, uh, it's documented, there's kinds of all these surveys. I think the first notable one that at least that I remember came out about 2010 when they asked this question, is religion good? And from 23 countries, not just the United States, 23 countries around the world, so many people were saying that religion is not good, it's bad, right? It's bad for culture. They were saying that it's because of religion that promotes intolerance, uh, it, it promotes ethnic divisions, impedes social progress in, in countries. Uh, about maybe just less than 10 years ago in, in the United Kingdom, the residents were asked the same kind of question, and they said, no, it's bad for society. They blame religion. 51% of, of, uh, of people from the United Kingdom said they blame religion for intolerance, hatred, denial of women's rights, discrimination, slavery, and the abuse of power. So there's many people that would say, Christmas being good? That's not good news. That's part of the problem. That's why we haven't progressed, all right? Religion's holding people back and holding ideas back. I mean, sadly, people have been hurt in the name of religion. Just this morning, I, was, I got up, I was having my breakfast, and I, as I usually do when I'm having breakfast, I open my news app, and there were two articles that I saw, two articles, both in The Guardian, uh, that talked about people who had left 
their faith. They left religion because of the pain that they endured, the pain that they, they suffered at the hands of religion, and now they're um, atheist or agnostic and all that. I mean, it's, it's right there, even today, that some people would say that religion and things like this, the birth of Jesus is not good. But would we say that? Or will we argue with that? I mean, there's much to argue about, you know, the, even through Christianity, just the hospitals and schools and orphanages, all these things that have come up. But we have to struggle with this. Is Christmas good? Well, I would say yes, it is. Because what Christmas does is it goes around religion. Right? Christmas is not the birth of religion, or it does not uh, bring that. It, instead, it's Jesus who was born, not religion. I mean, I, I would probably argue that, there, that religion is not the answer. Right? There's a, whether it's a church, a synagogue, or a temple, or a mosque, or whatever it is, there's, there's a lot of religion in that, and it's not good. But Christmas is not about religion. Christmas is about Jesus Christ. Right? It's about Jesus Christ who brought, who came to earth to bring us into a relationship with God. Not a religion with God, but to a relationship with him. And so as we look at that today, we want to see that, that Christmas is good news. Because it's God's, the fulfillment of his great desire to have this loving relationship. To bring men and women, to bring us back into this relationship with him. It's good news because what Christmas does is it, through Jesus Christ, it changes us. It transforms us to become agents of hope and agents of love and kindness and grace and mercy and compassion that we share that in this world. So today, let's look at that aspect of Christmas. That Christmas is good news because Jesus Christ has come. All right, so let's, let's look back at the beginning, kind of the good news, the prequel, all right? We're going to go back to the very, very beginning as we're going to kind of trace what I'm going to do this morning. It's going to trace good news uh, throughout uh, the Old Testament real quick and then uh, get to Christmas, the good news message, and then see if good news is st if it's still good today, all right? So that's what we're going to do. So let's go back to the beginning. You, you remember creation, right? God has created, created the world. That's what we believe, that he was the one that created this. He created it in six days, on the seventh day rested. But what do we know about that creation? Remember one of, those, one of those phrases that keep coming up each day as he creates. It says, and it was good, right? It was good. That the way he created the light was good. The way that he created the planet was good. The plants on it, the animals on it, the food, all of that was good. And at the, the sixth day creating man, and, and then eventually Adam and Eve were there, and it was very good. So that's where it starts. Not necessarily good news, it's just that's what it is. It's good. God created something good. But unfortunately, as we read that story quickly into it, we see that things went bad, right? The good creation turned bad, and that was being that there was a, a Adam and Eve. They had this relationship. They walked with God. They enjoyed him. They enjoyed his presence. They had total freedom to enjoy that garden, but he gave them just that one restriction, just you can eat off any tree, but do not eat off of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. But just as you and I all know, when, when, we put, when we're given that one restriction, that's what we want to do. When someone, and you go to someone's house and they said, you can go to, you know, feel free to walk around the house. You can go to any room, but don't go in this room. What do you want to do? 
It's like, I want to go. What's in there? I want to see it. You know? Someone says, you can eat anything, but just don't eat this. You're like, why? I want to eat that. Um, that's just the way we are, right? We're wired that way. And, and Adam and Eve, they did that too. They ate from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, and things went south. And that relationship, that good, good relationship was ruined, right? The serpent was cursed. Adam was, his work was going to be harder. Eve was going to have a harder childbirth. They were removed from the Garden of Eden. They were put outside the presence of God. They were removed from that presence, and that was not good. And the whole Old Testament story is this trying to figure out how do we get back into this relationship with God? How do we get back into the Garden? And so we're, we're, we sit there and we read this kind of a frustrating story of person after person where they, they seem like they're doing good, they seem like they just might be able to do it, but then they, they fall short of getting back into the presence of God. And the good news is throughout this, the Old Testament, you see God coming into the presence of men and women. He comes to the tabernacle. He comes into the temple. And you see moments of him coming into us. But there's still this division. There's still these um, strong requirements and strong um, warnings about when we approach God. We have to approach him on his terms, not on ours. So we see this, this, how do we get into this loving, kind, this relationship like they had back in the garden? Is there good news? The first time good news is used, it's in First and Second Samuel. It's in these books. And um, this is the first time. So you've got a lot of, lot of um, uses of the word good, but it's Good news finally comes in First and Second Samuel. And, and here's the context that it's always in. It's the news coming to the king, right? In, in these instances, it's coming to David. And I'm going to point out two um, particular instances. It was when, when David was not yet king, right? He had, the Lord had anointed him. He was going to be king, but Saul was king. And what did, remember the story with Saul? Saul did not love David. And he was pursuing him, and he was chasing him, and he was trying to kill him, right? And so David is on the run. He's running for his life. But one day, some news comes to him. Good news. For the first time, we're told, good news has come to David. And the good news was that the enemy, the one pursuing you, Saul, is dead. You don't have to be on the run any longer. In fact, now that he's dead, you can be king. That's the good news. But David didn't take it as good news. You remember why? Because with the good news, there was some bad news. What else happened? King, the king, the Lord's anointed had died, and that, that was, was hard on David. But also, Saul's sons were dead. That is including Jonathan, David's best friend. So at the, the, the sound of good news, there was also some bad news. That there was life that was taken. So David grieved over that. Fast forward a few years later, he is king. His kingdom is established. But once again, he is on the run. There is someone that's pursuing him, that's trying to take his kingdom, trying to take his life. And after some time and he's running around, uh, a messenger comes. 
this messenger comes running. They see, they watch this messenger run, and then there's another messenger that's coming. And, and so they're watching these messengers come, and they come up, and they bring good news. And they bring good news to King David, and they said, the one that has been chasing you is dead. The problem is that was his son, Absalom. And so once again, you get good news, but also at a cost, the cost of life of two people that he had dearly loved. Good news, but at a cost. And so we see those things in Scripture, but then it, it moves to this next great passage, probably a passage that you have read. You might remember from Isaiah. In Isaiah 52, it's just this, this whole 52 and 53, this is these amazing passages. But in verse 7, it just says this. It says, How beautiful upon the mountains are the feet of him who brings what? Good news. How beautiful is the mountain upon the feet of him who brings good news, who publishes peace, who brings good news of happiness, who publishes salvation, who says to Zion, Your God reigns. And just like in that David passage, you see these messengers coming up with this good news. So here you see this person coming, this messenger coming with good news. And it's great news. And this person who's carrying this news is so blessed that even the mountain that they stand upon is blessed because of their feet. This is good news. And he, the message he gives is your God reigns. And that is good news because this is a prophecy. This time Israel was not in good shape. The nation of Syria had come in and just devastated them. Right? This was bad news in Israel. They had all they knew was bad news. They were waiting for good news. And sometimes even when, the, when it's really bad, like the worse it is, is that much, the good news is that much better. Right? And here they are, they're struggling and the messenger comes, and the messenger comes with this good news that your God reigns. He's alive, and he has won. And maybe it didn't feel like God had won yet. They're still under the power of Assyria. But the good news has come, the prophecy saying that good news has come, your God reigns. And it keeps talking. It says the watchman, the one receiving this message, he just shouts with joy. He sings with joy. This message is so good that the strong uh, you know, soldier starts singing, starts singing these songs of praise. And he says, the Lord has bared his holy arm before the eyes of the nations, and all the ends of the earth shall see the salvation of God. Like, that's good news. So you see how these things are tying together and how they're leading us forward. But if you go from Isaiah 52 to now 53, just go to the next chapter, it picks up. And it says this, it says, who has believed this message. Who has believed this message? The message that the, the messenger gave, your God reigns. Who's believed it? He says, here's what it means. And he, now here's what it's going to look like. He says, this child will be born. This child will be born. For he grew up before him like a young plant, like a root out of dry ground. For he had no form and majesty that we should look at him and no beauty that we should desire him. Saying that there's a child that's going to be born. He's going to grow up. This child is not particularly good looking. All right, He's not the, the starting quarterback. People are not going to you know, flock to him because of the way he looks, his build and all that. No, they're going to flock to him because of his wisdom and his love and his kindness, his compassion that we see in Jesus. Right? 
But he says, this is the good news, that there's going to be a child that's going to come, that's going to come and proclaim this message. But here's what's going to happen to him. And you tell me if this is good news. In verse 5, for he was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. Upon him was a chastisement that brought us peace. Yet with his wounds we are healed. It says in verse 10 that the Lord, it was the Lord's will to crush him and put him to grief. Does that sound like good news to you? That here's a child that would be born, but this child would grow up and he would be pierced. Yes, that's good news. That he would be crushed. Oh, that's wonderful news. Remember, we have already seen that when good news came, there was always a cost. It cost somebody's life. And here's the story where, where God is picking this up and he's saying, I'm giving you good news, but it's going to cost. It's going to cost a life. And here he's already showing us that, what, that, that, that Christmas is the beginning of good news. But Christmas is tied so closely with Easter that this child would be born, but he would also be crushed. He would be crucified. He would be pierced. He would be, he would be killed. He would be put into the grave, but he would be resurrected. You guys, that's the good news. That's the completion of the good news. That he was, yes, he was born as a man, but he died, but he was resurrected in order to bring and accomplish the salvation, to bring us back to the garden, so to speak, to bring us back into a relationship with God. So that was the prophecy from Isaiah 52, 53, basically saying that Christmas is coming, but they would wait 400 years for that. Right, 400 years. A 149,000 days that they have to wait. You know, that's a lot of Christmas Eves just waiting. Waiting is tomorrow, tomorrow the day that's going to be coming. Is tomorrow the day that Jesus comes. Is tomorrow the day. And they kept waiting for 400 years. But the day would finally dawn. And it was not what they were expecting. Good news breaks the silence. Good news finally comes. It finally dawns. It's when the angels appear. The angels are the messengers, right? We'd already been talking about this messenger that's running up and in the feet are so good and he's so blessed and he has this great message. And here with angels, they're the messengers and they proclaim this message, but not to a king. It's to shepherds in the field just minding their own business, doing their thing, watching over their sheep. And it says this. It says, In the same region there were shepherds out in the field, right outside of Bethlehem, keeping watch over their flocks by night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them. And they were filled with great fear. Totally understandable. Totally get it. I would be afraid. All they had was a little campfire, and all of a sudden this angel shows up and brightens up the sky in the middle of the night. The angel said to them, fear not, for behold, behold, I bring you good news of great joy for all people. Okay, today is the day in the city of David, a Savior has been born, Christ the Lord. That is the good news. Today, the shepherds were the kings. The shepherds got to realize the good news and hear it and see it and, and experience it. 
Jesus came to be born to bring peace on earth, but it would go, it would come at a, at a price. Good news broke the silence, but here's what I want us to hear, and we'll kind of wrap up with this part. The good news on Christmas is still good news today. The good news back in that day, 2,000 years ago, is still good news today. That message is still here. It's still for us. Right? We have, we're standing on the side of the cross. We have seen uh, Jesus was born. He, was, he died. He resurrected. We have seen this power of God over all these years. And he's still moving. And he's still working. And, and th- it's good news today is because it's still living. Right? Why did Christ come but to bring us into this relationship to save us from this sin? I love in 1 Timothy chapter 2, and it's kind of repeated throughout scriptures. Paul loves this, this kind of um, language, this kind of argument, but he says this in verse, chapter 2, verse 3. He says, this is good, right? This is good, and it pleases God, our Savior. He wants all people to be saved, to come to a knowledge of the truth. For there's one God, there's one mediator between God and man, the man Jesus Christ, Right, this is the good news. He wants all people to be saved. And it comes through Jesus. And it says he gave himself as a ransom for all, which is the testimony given at the proper time. And for this purpose, I was appointed a herald. For this reason, I was appointed a, a messenger to tell the story. It's good news because even today that salvation is here for us. That Jesus did the work and that salvation, that offer to come to be saved and to have a relationship is still here today. That's good news. It didn't end, you know, way back with the shepherds. It's here. That all men and women, all ages can be saved, can be brought into a relationship. And how does that happen? It happens by grace through faith. By grace through faith. By by God's grace on us saying, hey, here's the thing about grace. You didn't earn it. You don't deserve it. But I'm freely giving it to you. And through faith, just believe in me. And you receive the salvation. Your lives will be changed. The good news is still good news today. We'll receive that through grace. Um, we, um, in our excitement for the holidays, sometimes forget that. We forget that it is through grace. And we as parents, that's what we want to teach, but sometimes we, we get caught up with the, uh, the, 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 the season and we forget that. And um, here's what I mean. And, I'm, and I, I'm not bagging on Santa Claus. I love Santa, right? I love Santa. But um, any of you, like when you were little kids, you go, your mom and dad, they take you to Santa, take you to the mall or whatever and sit on Santa's lap. You ever have that? Okay. Um, those of you uh, who are parents, have you taken your kids to do that? Um, you know, when, when you're a little kid and we say, we're going to go see Santa, what the little kid thinks is like, this is good because I get to tell Santa what I want for Christmas, right? I can tell him what I want. This is good news, right, for me. Really, the reason parents do that is for a photo, <laughs> right? And the more terrified the kid is, the better. So that's what we look back. We're like, these are for the funny ones when they're terrified. But um, when a kid sits on Santa's lap, you know, he's just thinking, 
um, I, I want to get my present. But in order to get my present, I have to do this kind of a self-examination um, with Santa Claus, right? And you know how it goes. It goes, Santa Claus sits to the kid and says, have you, what, been a good boy or girl this year? Every kid knows the answer is no. All right, I haven't. Right? Every kid knows, I have not been, but that's not the game we play. You can't say that to Santa. Nope, haven't been a good, you won't get it, you get the coal, right? We know that. That's from all the songs and all that kind of stuff. And we, they, people say that. Um, so in order to get the gift, the kid lies. The kid just, you know, like, all right, all right, I, I haven't, but I'm going to tell him I've been good. And so you don't even look Santa Claus in the eye, just say, I, yes, I've been a good boy this year. And, and you kind of glance over to mom, and you look at mom, and you're, you're expecting mom to say, no, you haven't. Mm-mm, Santa, don't believe him. But to your surprise, mom is like, yeah, yes, they have. He's been such a good boy this year. And so then it goes on, and you tell Santa what you want and, and all that. But what, that's not good news, guys. That's not good news. That's like, have you been good? Do you deserve a gift? Yes, you have. Then you get a gift. Or if you haven't, no, you don't. That's not good news. That's just the, like, facts. That's just life. Right? How many of you guys work? You, you have jobs. You work your 40 hours. You, you, when you get a paycheck, you don't say, whoa, look, this is good news. I got a paycheck. I can't believe it. No, you're like, yeah, I better get that paycheck. I earned it. I mean, that's just life. That's not good news. If I knew what I knew now when I was five, this is what I would tell Santa. When he says, have you been a good boy this year? I would say, nope. Haven't. I haven't. Like, I, I have not been good. I have, I have, you know, not picked up my socks, you know, not put away the dishes when mom told me to. When she said, don't eat that Halloween candy, you know what I did? I ate it all. Blamed it on the dog, you know, whatever. But I did, yeah, no, I've not been good. And I would say, Santa, let's be real here. All these kids, all these kids, they've not been good. And really honest, Santa, you haven't been good either, right? Come on, how do you treat those elves, you know? They're working hard, and you're just giving them candy canes and cookies for payment. Like, that's not good. Santa, we know. We know what's like, this is... We're not good. But here's what I would say. Santa, we know one thing about Christmas, and it's about grace. Grace is, is a gift that you don't deserve, right? And so let's stop talking. Let's stop arguing, you know, have you been good or what? Because what is that? Even if I've been good, what is that? I'm just a little moral kid that nobody in the playground likes. Like, that's not what this life is about. This life is about grace. And so, Santa, I'm ready. I'm ready to receive that Millennium Falcon, <laughs> or whatever it is that I wanted that year, I'm ready to receive it by grace. You're not on works. Like, that's the good news. That would be good news. And so I just, I mean, that's a little bit fun and just kind of playing with that. But when you look at it, like, our life is so much, like, if you do this, then you get that. There's not a lot of good news. But when Christ came, he came for us to bring the good news. And the good news came through grace. And God's grace, saying that you are an enemy with me. You were not good. There was nothing good in you at all. But God has loved you. 
and he's looked out on you and he's called you by name and he's saying, come into a relationship with me through faith with Jesus Christ. He does all the hard work. You just believe. And you will be saved. Be saved. You'll be brought back into a relationship. And that's exciting, but it goes further. It goes now into that we have been changed God has done a work in our heart, and he's continuing to do a work in our heart so that we can go and show that love to others, that we can be that, be that hope and be that peace and be that, that love that this world needs. Remember when I was talking earlier about, you know, the people you know, around the world that say religion is bad. I was reading that article this morning how someone was, a few people had said, um, uh, the values that I have right now are not congruent with what the church's values were, right? The church's values were like, you know, kind of hatred and you got to be just like us and all that. But I have these, these different values. And, and my guess is if I were to put that in, in, in these words, they would say we care about love and justice and kindness, but the church doesn't do that. But friends, that's, that's religion, but the gospel, the good news, the story is Christ has come and he's come to save us. And he's, he's brought these kingdom values, all these values that I think the world would resonate with. This compassion and kindness and love and justice and beauty. He's brought that and we get to be changed by that. And we get to live that out and we go out in the world and we show that to this world that needs it. That's why I think Christmas is good news. Do you believe it? Now, if someone were to ask you tomorrow, what's so good about Christmas? What's the good news? What would you say? You know, yeah, we could say that there's a lot of bad news in this world, right? There's a lot of hurt. And we see that. We know that. But Jesus Christ has come. And he has come to redeem. And he's come to change our lives. And as he changes our lives, we go change the world we bring his values into this world. And so what do I want you to do this Christmas? What do I want you to do today? Here, one, I want you to believe that this truly is good news, right? That this message that has been brought to us, that the angels brought, says, behold, I bring you good news, that you would believe that it is good news, Right, That you would know that. That you would take time just to, to abide with Jesus, just to sit with him. Right, reading the Christmas story or reading you know, the, parts, the, the other parts of the gospel, just reading scripture, just sitting with him, talking with him, dialoguing, worshiping him. As you, you sit with him and you just gaze on the beauty of him, you, you let the Holy Spirit work in your lives. And as, you work in, as he works in your lives, the fruit of the Spirit comes. And as the fruit of the Spirit grows, as love and joy, peace, patience, and all these great uh, fruits that grow in our lives, that we would live that out, live that out in the community that needs to know this. Because this world, they think that religion is, is bad and it destroys, but we show them what Christ has done. What Christ has done is good news. He's changing lives. He's redeeming lives. And that good news is to be shared. And we don't keep that to ourselves. We're going to go share it with everybody we know, whoever God brings into our lives. Amen.